We had like a potluck breakfast thing this morning and I was just like, okay, I got my little like plate of like a bagel and like carrots. I'm just gonna like stand here awkwardly and like maybe someone will talk to me. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the newest episode of Rabbit Holes Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Elise. And I'm your other host, Andy. And welcome to this, our last episode for Friends, February 2019. <laughs> uh, so, today's friend with us is a friend that both of us actually know this time. Was the last few have been randos for some of us, and it's been interesting and fun. We've become friends by the end of it, but this time, I'm interested to see how crazy and inappropriate things get, how quickly... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Dan was laughing at my classy me comments at the end of the last one. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yes. So our friend joining us today, uh, I went to school with her and then she came and worked with Andy and I and her name is Allie. Hi, Allie. Hi. So you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, I don't know what to say. Um, so yeah, I went to school with you, Elise. I'm also a historian, which means I'm not working in that field anymore. Fair <laughs> at all. Um, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Unlike your other um, friend host that you've had, I'm not really uh, talking about anything that's in my field. Just uh, random, random stuff. But we should say Allie's been like a loyal listener since like day <laughs> one. one yeah. So she's like <laughs> the rabbit holes expert. Uh, and that's why we want to have her on the show. And like I said, like it'll just get crazier even faster, I'm sure. So we're very happy to have you here. And <laughs> all of our friends have been A's. Yes. Oh, it's very oh, true. That's true. I didn't notice that. Yeah. And Andrew, Amy, and now Allie. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Not at all planned like that. No, it just... It just happened. <laughs> happens dance. <laughs> so for today's episode, we're going to sandwich Allie with Rabbit Hole's Love. Uh, I'm going to go first, and then Allie's going to share her story, and then Andy's going to wrap up. <laughs> so, Allie, you told us you wanted to do kind of like a technology-based story. Yeah. So we themed our stories around that so we could have a... A cohesive episode, if you will. Okay. So I want to find a really fucked up topic, and you know the internet's full of them. Obviously, <laughs> twenty six hours later, we've found a few. Uh, but I landed on catfishing as my topic. Okay. So. Oh, I thought you were do sugar daddy. Well, I was going to do sugar daddy, but then like, see, Allie and I had this conversation where I was just going to take Allie's photos and sugar daddy like catfish someone with them. But then, like, but Allie she did... wasn't gonna give me any of the proceeds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's not fair. Well, it's not fair to me. No. Not okay. Not. Well, you're both wrong because I'd be doing the work and getting the unsolicited dick pics, so I should get all the money. <laughs> but you're but... gonna need to show a few pics back, so you're gonna have to get somebody. I mean, give me a stack of cash with an unsolicited dick pic on top. That's totally okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll also take a tip. Stack of cash. You can sandwich some dick pics that's in totally there. Fine. Fine. <laughs> totally fine, as long as there's cash involved. I'm good. So now I know. I still disagree. I think I'm going to do the legwork on this. Did I ever send you um, the Instagram screenshot? <laughs> I swear I sent it to someone. It was literally a guy had <laughs> slid into my DM. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Fuck guy? Yeah. 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 <laughs> what? I just, I've only had 
once and it was really tame. No. This is well aware. It was, it was totally, it wasn't like, you know, weird or gross. He was just like, hey, my name is so-and-so and I'm just wondering if, like, you want to take pictures of your feet and I'll uh, pay for, like, pedicures and, like, shoes and stuff and pamper your feet. And I'm like, <laughs> my response back to him was... <laughs> The the guy from American Idol and it's like, yeah, that's gonna be a no for me dog. <laughs> I just sent him that picture and it's like Which when I saw that I was like, she's out of her goddamn mind. Like <laughs> there's very little like the risk reward here is in your favor. I know ROI I just, is high. I know. I was just like, this is kind of weirding me out. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if it was just straight cash instead of like pedicures. Well, that's what a negotiation is all about. Yeah. I guess, yeah. Shoes. As long as I'm the one picking them out. Yeah. I have too many shoes. That is true. Yeah. I do not. See, so you little investment for you. I mean, you were already all set up for this whole racket. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Next time. Next time. <laughs> as you're planning for weddings yeah. and <laughs> loan paying off. Like, yeah, for sure. Keep it in the back of your head. <laughs> yes, I'm sure planning for my wedding and uh, financing it with, with this will be will really go over well. Well, you don't have to make an announcement about it <laughs> at the reception. <laughs> Thank you for my foot. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you to my foot fetish donors. Yes, shout out to them. I'd like to thank at Jeremy237. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. Sugar Daddy's sugar baby was on the potential list, but Allie and I were still negotiating details, so I left it alone and I just went for catfishing. <laughs> Urban Dictionary has a definition from 2017 for it, uh, a fake or stolen online identity created or used for the purpose of beginning a deceptive relationship. The term became a household word in 2010 following a documentary by filmmaker Neve Shulman. We've all seen it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I know what you're talking about. I've not seen it, but yes. Oh, Andy. So old. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I had cable in 2010, so... Was it okay? Eventually. I mean, MTV owns Eve at this point, so. I don't know. I think I downloaded it. Same. 2010, I, that's one of the first years we were living in the house. and Well, the second year we were living in the house. So we only, we didn't have actual internet. We just had like a jump stick from TELUS with one gig. Mm-hmm. And we just had CBC and CTV because we was poor. Because <laughs> we just bought this house and got married. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> So no, there was no streaming, no anything that was on satellite. If it wasn't on CBC and CTV, <laughs> it wasn't happening. It just was like not happening. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll fill Andy in then on what the documentary was about. Uh, Neve, the the main kind of guy in the documentary, was showing his growing friendship with a young woman that he met on Facebook. Her name was Megan, and she had a younger sister who was a great artist, and she would send Neve a bunch of her works. And Neve just got sucked into the squirrel's world. So he started, like, branching out and friending her friends on Facebook and getting to her family and it just started to build this network around Megan. And eventually he and Megan started an online romance. He started to get suspicious, however, when some of the pictures and the music that she sent to him was just a little too good, a little familiar. So he started doing some investigation uh, into it and he set out to meet her. Girl, you too talented. Yeah. <laughs> it turned out that Megan, this girl he was in love with via Facebook, uh, was actually a middle-aged woman named Angela, 
who had created dozens of Facebook profiles to build this world up around Megan. So extended family and friends who would corroborate Megan's stories, but in fact, at the back end of it, it was all Angela logging into 400 Facebook accounts on the regular multiple times a day to continuously catfish people. So the film gets its name from a really philosophical observation made by Angela's husband at the end of the movie. So he like actually goes and finds Angela and he's like looking around her kind of sad life and her husband's like maybe 90% there, but like 10% like out to lunch, you don't know, but he has this really deep philosophical observation. And he says, they used to tank cod from Alaska all the way to China. They'd keep them in vats in the ship. By the time the codfish reached China, the flesh was mush and tasteless. So this guy came up with the idea that if you put these cods in the big vats, put some catfish in them, that the catfish would keep the cod agile. And there are those people who are catfish in life. And they keep you on your toes. They keep you guessing. They keep you thinking. They keep you fresh. And I thank God for the catfish because we would be droll, boring, and dull if we didn't have somebody nipping at our fins. So that's where the term catfishing comes from. Since then, creating fake online profiles for the purpose of starting an online relationship has been known as catfishing. But we all knew that since it's part of our common vernacular. Before 2010, and this documentary came out though, Urban Dictionary had a very different definition of catfishing. Lord love Urban Dictionary for dating their definitions. So, and I think this is due for a resurgency. It is, quote, to have one large pubic hair protruding from one zipper, whether purposely or by accident. The term comes from the long barbells or whiskers that stick out from the mouths of catfish. While the whiskers of catfish house their taste buds and are used to search for food in murky waters, the act of catfishing will only serve to make you look like a complete slob, obvious airhead, or creepy perv. And then they give like a definition sentence, like use it in a sentence. So I was giving a presentation the other day and I looked down and realized that I was totally catfishing. I was so embarrassed, so I spent the rest of the time in the back of the audience. So there you go. I think we need to get back to that original definition of catfishing just for the fun of it. I don't know if I've ever seen that. I had never, ever <laughs> seen it before, but I like it. And skeevy gross. <laughs> Why are you wearing underwear? <laughs> We're trained people for you. Yeah, I was like, going to say, I think the real issue is the lack of underwear is the fact that you let your pubes get that long. <laughs> Like the scary movie, remember scary movie? Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> with like the hedge trimmer. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, <clears throat> the rest of my story is just examples of uh, fucked up catfish, catfishing stories that I found. Uh, and I think uh, the most popular one is the uh, Manti Teo case. And that is the case that really made kind of catfishing so common that even our parents probably know about it, even if they didn't see the documentary. So, or at least your dad. At least the dads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Teo was a rising NFL star in the 2010s. He comes from Hawaii. He is Mormon. He's Hawaiian Samoan by descent, and he is a linebacker. He played college football for Notre Dame, which is weird because he was a Mormon. Like, it was a weird, everyone was surprised that he picked uh, Notre Dame to go to. But Notre Dame was hugely successful for the years that he was there. Uh, lots of people attributed that success to him, and he became really famous on the college football circuit. One week in the fall of 2011, however, tragedy stuck when Taylor lost both of his grandmother to complications from diabetes and his girlfriend to leukemia. 
Following one pretty spectacular win in September of that year, a fieldside reporter asked how he had done so well, given that he had had these losses recently and he was probably really upset. And he credited both his grandmother and his girlfriend for giving him a chance to honor them both with the win. After another big win a week later, another reporter asked why he was playing that day rather than attending his girlfriend's funeral, which was happening at the same time. And he said it was because she had made him promise not to miss a game, and so he was just honoring that wish. Everyone's so sympathetic for this guy, and oh my god, you've had such a great tragedy, but you're so awesome in what you do, and uh, he's kind of the darling of college sports at the time. But in January 2012, the website Deadspin got an anonymous tip that said that Teo was a fraud, that his girlfriend was actually a man pretending to be a woman online, and that when Teo found out, he made up the story that the girlfriend had died in order to save his reputation. So basically, it was a no-homo moment, and like Teo just like really freaked out. Mormon backgrounds, Hawaiian Samoan, culturally, it's not terribly acceptable to be gay. So... Um, this tip to Deadspin was saying this is all part of Teo's kind of cover-up for what he inadvertently fell into. Deadspin's reporting went into overdrive over the story, and they uncovered a lot of inconsistencies in the girlfriend's story almost immediately. She had no digital footprint other than what was linked to her through Teo. All the news stories about her had... Um, disagreements about basic demographic facts, and they couldn't even get the details about her funeral and her death correct. So Deadspin's looking at that going, like, no, there's just too many inconsistencies happening here. In fact, Teo's girlfriend, quote-unquote, was a 22-year-old man from Los Angeles, and I'm going to screw up this pronunciation, so I apologize to him in advance. His name was Ronaya... Tuyaso Sopo, and he had used a photo of a friend from high school to set up social media accounts on the big three, so Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. He used those to contact and interact with Teo. Shortly before Christmas 2012, when Teo knew Deadspin was going to break the story, he flew home to Los er, he flew home to Hawaii to tell his parents that his dead girlfriend had actually called him to tell him that she wasn't really dead, but faked her death to escape drug dealers who wanted to kill her. At that point, Teo told his folks that he wasn't sure what was going on, but that he was, quote, as confused as they were. So, I mean, how many hits did you take as a linebacker that you're, like, not immediately aware that this is hanky? <laughs> I don't know. Oh. He... Hold on. Yeah. Did he make that up? Or... Well, guy, the, This is the thing. Like, they're not... Like, it's still a little up in the air about what he knew and when he knew it. So... Deadspin started investigating the story at the end of 2011, early 2012. And as part of that process, Teo knew that they were working on it because they were asking a lot of questions. And so he knew it was going to blow up. So he went home to Hawaii to tell his parents that, in fact, the girlfriend who we all thought was dead and I was heartbroken over just called. And she's on the run from, like, Scarface. So, But he like, made that up. They don't, like... Oh, okay. I'm not entirely sure. They don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Like, okay. if he was in on it, then yeah, he made it up. If he wasn't in on it, then it was the catfish or like surprise covering about. or yeah, okay. like, like surprise, bitch. Like, I <laughs> when in some of the interviews I saw, because I remember seeing it, he just see like you were not sure if he was just like masterminding the story or if he was just really that naive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. there was just that, like, again, like, that feeling of oh, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> Like, did you buy it? Because, yeah. 
you sweet summer child. (laughs) So as he's telling his parents all of this um, in late 2012, his parents are encouraging him to work with the authorities to expose the possible hoax. Notre Dame stood behind him. This was kind of in the era of the post-Sandusky kind of what do college sports do when like something's about to blow up big. And Notre Dame decided to stand by him, saying that he was the victim of catfishing and he was the blameless victim. However, the timelines don't work out because, according to what Notre Dame said he knew and when he knew it, there is documented evidence that Teo was talking about his quote-unquote dead girlfriend after those dates. So he gave Notre Dame a timeline, Notre Dame released that timeline, but then somebody went back and was like, oh, hey, look, here's a newspaper article from like a week before that where he's still talking about his girlfriend. Like, so clearly things weren't lining up. Desmond is also fairly sure that Teo and Tuya Sopo knew each other well enough to set the whole thing up together. They even went so far as to report that based on information from a source that Teo's girlfriend's death was designed to generate publicity and sympathy for him because he was ending his college career. It was He's coming into draft season for the NFL. And so if he's publicly recognized as the new Tim Tebow, but more Minnesota Christian, like at that time, Tebow was a big thing and signed big. So the idea was that that would happen for him as well. There was also more questionable things like um, Twitter exchanges that were still public between the two of them. Like interactions so a lot of it was up in the air even as late as a year later as soon as it kind of this notre dame press conference slash dead spins recording hit that's when the mainstream media stepped in and stopped with the whole the sport college athlete story and turned into the whole we were catfished by him he wasn't the catfish victim the public was and he set up this whole fake girlfriend for sympathy Tuya Sosopo went on Dr. Phil and told him that he fell in love with Teo and set up the girlfriend's account to normalize his feelings for a man while still being in a relationship with him. So again, there's some debate there. Is he covering for Teo? Is he just continuing their story on? Is that actually what happened? So in 2013, Teo was drafted by the San Diego Chargers and now plays for the New Orleans Saints. I don't know records very well, but it didn't look like he had an impressive record. But throughout all of this, his stats with Notre Dame and uh, during the draft, the lead up to the draft, he wasn't doing great on the field. So uh, he didn't end up getting the the big fancy career everyone expected. And we still don't know what actually happened. <laughs> like This woman never existed, that's for sure. Uh, but who was behind it and what the intent was, we will never know. Ooh. Did his grandma actually die, though? Yes. Okay. Yeah. One actual dead person in the story. <laughs> so that was a big public airing of Dirty Laundry, but it happens more often than we think. And in all the reading online I did, there seemed to be two kind of categories. There's catfishing that ends tragically and with police involvement. And then there's just, like, the random, like you're eligible for MTV at this point, kind of catfishing, harmless and harmful. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple examples for the harmful category. Uh, in 2012, 29-year-old Brian Heil fell in love with a girl he met online and automatically started sending her money when she asked for it. And he sent her a lot of money. This is what I'm saying. 
Like, I could have had a nice racket going here, <laughs> but you said no, and here we are. <laughs> it turns out, though, that this girl didn't really exist. He had got caught up in a catfish scam located in South Africa. Not able to travel halfway around the world to extract his revenge, Brian did the next best thing, as far as he was concerned, and planned to take out his frustration on the woman who appeared in the photos that the catfisher used, who was completely uninvolved with the case at all. She was just some poor rando that he found online. He tracked her down, and when his parents reported him to the cops because they felt something was wrong, they found him only a mile away from this poor woman's house with a murder kit in his possession. The murder kit included duct tape, zip ties, and a to-do list on how to kill someone. Classy. Yeah. So be sure you include that in your to-do in your murder kit, though. Like print it off wiki how? Yeah. <laughs> Step one, find person. Step two, stab person. <laughs> so luckily, this poor woman who had nothing to do with the scam was fine. And this guy was caught by the police and put in jail for it. Even sadder, though, it happened uh, in 2006. And this is early days of kind of the social media craze when people were still kind of getting their footing. Megan Meyer had a falling out with her best friend and taking helicopter parenting to the extreme, Lori Drew, who was the mother of Megan's best friend, set up a fake account for a boy called Josh Evans on MySpace and entered into a fictional relationship with Megan. The end game was always to manipulate Megan and make her life miserable. But it went so far that Josh finally convinced Megan to take her own life. It quickly became apparent that this was a middle-aged woman who was catfishing, a teenage girl. They tracked it all down. They had all the records online. But the state looked at it and looked at the laws on the book and said, there's no crime here as far as the state is concerned. So the state decided to decline to prosecute her. Uh, so the attorney general for the region stepped in and they actually got an indictment for her and put her on trial. And she was found not guilty of um, being responsible for the death. And she was found guilty on a lesser charge of like child endangerment of some kind, but did not get what she deserved. All of her parents took her to civil court. Americans probably did. I go that far into the rabbit hole, but hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Let her dry, the old bitch. Yeah. Can you imagine though, like my daughter's best friend is no longer her best friend, so I'm going to dedicate time and energy to, like, driving her crazy, like... Well, that's what I wonder is, do these people not have jobs? Because this takes a lot of effort to do. Yeah. Like, that late, like, the first lady, like, creating hundreds of profiles and creating backstories for all these people and corroborating, like... Yeah. Things that have been said and have happened, like, that, that's more than just, like, checking, like, five minutes on your phone. It's, like... That's hours and hours job, a day. Yeah. I can barely remember what I had for lunch last week, and to expect me to remember all these convoluted connections. Yeah. yeah. No, could not. Uh, so that was the scary, sad type, but there's also kind of this casual catfishing that goes on. Uh, just some fun stories from a listicle off of BuzzFeed. One of them, uh, the writer says that she met a guy online and they dated for over a year. She even met his parents, slept in his apartment, met his friends, and then he randomly disappeared. She paid 10 bucks for a sketchy internet lookup service to find out um, who he was from his phone number, and it turns out that he was married with two children. He was also 10 years older than he told her he was, and he gave her a fake last name. Classy, classy gentleman out there. She met his parents? Yeah. Like, real parents or, like, fake parents? She didn't say. Oh. <laughs> 
You know what like, I mean? Did he hire actors to be mom and dad for the day? <laughs> well, because like it's like, oh, mom, dad, here's my girlfriend. Right. Oh. Wouldn't they be like, where's your wife? That's curious. And yeah. Here's, where are your children? <laughs> right. Yeah. True. And also, if you met the parents and they were like 80 instead of the 60 you were expecting, like, red flag. You want to play on that? Yeah. Another one, this one I liked, this one I could get in on. Uh, (laughs) The writer says that they work for a repo company and they have a fake Facebook set up to lure people who are hiding their cars from them out on dates. We make up plans to meet, and then when they arrive to meet up, they repo the cars out from underneath them. That's amazing. <laughs> that's that's all the eye. Like that's <laughs> both petty and cruel, and but playful at the same time. Like you get it on that, <laughs> and it's your job. Yeah, you get paid for it. Yeah. Uh, this last one's a little bit longer, but uh, still good. I was set up with a very distant mutual friend who claimed to have no social media. Uh, he didn't want to worry about it for college admissions. After talking for about two months and canceling three different dates, using excuses that included car accidents, he finally disappeared off the face of the earth after claiming that he, quote, dropped his phone in the toilet and it turned on long enough to send this message. What an excuse. (laughs) It got to the point where I had full-on conversations with MTV Catfish Twitter account and almost paid for a reverse number search of the same program that they use on the show. You know you're screwed when the official catfish Twitter account mentions you and says, babe, I'm so sorry, you're getting catfished. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) big old sign right there, red flag. So I've never been the victim of catfish, as far as I know. I would like to catfish some money out of some poor sucker. Some poor sucker. I mean, I think that's just feminism kind of getting a little bit back (laughs) off the top, but that's just me. Uh, But yeah, what about you guys, catfish? Catfishers, catfishing. No. I also haven't been single since the start of this social media digital age, so... (laughs) Did we even have the internet back then? We did. (laughs) I did have Facebook, really. Well, Dan and I have been together for 16 years, so... Mm -hmm. Since 2003, so... Jeez. Yeah. That's flip phone territory right there. It was. I actually still have girls playing with my old flip phones, so... There you go. I found my, my old Motorola Razor a few years back. That's nice. what the girls are playing with. <laughs> yeah. It was pink, wasn't it? No. Oh. No. It I had the carbon black mm. gray one. Yeah. I had the red, the, the fun, the AIDS fundraiser, mm. the red one. Yeah. I just had a Nokia brick. I wasn't even cool enough for the Motorola Razor. I will say I had the Motorola Razor when I was at university. Yeah. <laughs> so, it wasn't my first phone. And, uh, yeah, I was behind. After that, I got a Blackberry, which is... Uh, nice. I think I also got a Blackberry after that. I had a purple Blackberry. So that's when I had the Twitter, because... Mm, free. Because it was Twitter. free, like, Facebook and Twitter. Oh, really? But no data. <laughs> <laughs> which is what they use in third world countries now to sucker people into expensive data plans or expensive phone plans. <laughs> Actually, most third world countries have cheaper phone plans than we do. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I'm so proud of Canada right now. Yeah, um, a friend of a uh, girl who used to work with us, um, she's originally from Gambia, and she used to say, like, phone plans there are so cheap that people would have, like, different phones for different outfits like back before you had like, a lot of cases oh my god so they would have like, like right. your pink phone to go with your pink outfit with the sparkles <laughs> oh and, wow yeah <laughs> yeah it's insane like my family in the states and they'll be like yeah my phone plan is so expensive and I'm just like 
Let's not talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not talk about those. Yeah. So that's my story. So now we get to hear Allie's story. Okay. So excited. So, <laughs> so this um, is something I kind of came across late at night on Reddit. Mm. And uh, those are the best start to rabbit holes. Yeah. So it starts off with, you know, you're always convinced that your devices are spying on you because um, you'll be having a conversation about, you know, something and then uh, all of a sudden it pops up on your phone, on your Facebook, on your Instagram. Um, for example, uh, one time I was talking to a friend about uh, how we wish we could change our hair quickly and cheaply because this was back when I was blonde paying $300 uh, an appointment to make my hair blonde and we were like we should just buy wigs mm-hmm. how easy would that be and uh, only to later find an ad about wigs on my Instagram and my Facebook feed <laughs> right <laughs> um, so I kind of decided to look into that and um, you know find out do they in fact listen to and read our conversations because one of those conversations was uh, over text um, through Instagram, like direct messaging, as opposed to like an actual out loud conversation. Mm-hmm. So you had the um, the episode with Andrew, and he kind of specified that no, Facebook doesn't listen to your conversations. And um, I found out that basically there's nothing sort of malicious afoot with our devices and our social media, and um, they use you know as he mentioned advanced algorithms and things like that to help in targeting us with ads that are relevant to us based on our searches and things like that. I'll believe that and take it with a grain of salt, but um, I got to thinking about just how intelligent our artificial intelligence has to be in order to do something like this where you type in, like he was saying, the how big is a blueberry? Right. And it, you know, to me, like when I was listening to that, I was like, What's the secret question? Like, <laughs> like what is it? Yeah. Um, and the fact that somebody programs this sort of code into into a system and says, okay, if somebody searches for how big is a blueberry, this is what it means. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's all these algorithms and all this witchcraft to yes. me because <laughs> I don't, I mean, I'm not someone who's involved in information technology or computer science. So, you know. That's, that's my rabbit hole is I uh, just want to know how intelligent is our artificial intelligence and what are the implications for us and what is our role in this world. Um, so, I mean, we remember growing up in the 90s and sort of imagining what the quote-unquote future would look like. Uh-huh. And we, we would have um, flying cars and robot butlers and, and all this Jetsons. Jetsons. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, Teddy Ruxpin was like <laughs> high-tech... AI, like, oh my god, it speaks to me and it's mouth moves. And yeah. It flakes. Yeah. <laughs> Very Furby like. Yes. True. Um, which also listened in on you. You didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> As I learned on, and that's why we drink recently. There is an episode of That's Weird, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite podcasts, and they talk about it, and people would um, write in and they would say, like, my dad used to work with the FBI. And you were just, or somebody in the family worked for the government, and we'd get a phone call, and they would just say, "If you have a Furby, get rid of it." Mm-hmm. And apparently, so there's a story that there's one Furby somewhere in like FBI headquarters, and it's just like quarantined somewhere <laughs> because 
it it repeats back to you what you say to it. Yeah. So they they freaked out and they're like, well, we can't it can't leave the premises. <laughs> but I'm seeing like a Hannibal Lecter style setup, <laughs> just a glass room, the Furby sitting in the middle of it. <laughs> How did the Furby get there in the first place that <laughs> oh, it now can't leave, right? Well, somebody, somebody's kid had like yeah. gotten one, and they were like, hey, look how cool this is, without like really thinking about it, I guess. And um, so this particular person who had written in was like, yeah, so my dad made us get rid of them because he was worried that he might like be taking a nap or something, and he might say like a, something in his sleep. Secrets, yeah, yeah. Sweet secrets in his sleep. So like, because I mean, everyone knows that, right? Um, <laughs> I know I'm constantly giving away the location <laughs> of like high assets, <laughs> high priority assets. Yeah. So, so witness protection are just not safe when I sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there is a Furby somewhere in the FBI headquarters. Um, but yeah, that was actually one of the things that I thought of when I was kind of looking into this. And while we aren't really at Jetson's level in 2019, we do, um, we're pretty close and we sort of have a world that is pretty close to what we've imagined when it comes to artificial intelligence. So where we rely on AI, like I love my Google Assistant as much as the next person because I can just have my phone there and just, I'm not going to do it because it'll, it'll <laughs> do <got> it. it. <laughs> um, but I can ask it to open up an app for me because I don't want to have to do it manually, quite literally. Yeah. Um, because that in 2019 is... It's a bit too much. Yeah. <laughs> I have Siri turned off because I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I got into an argument with that bitch on the first day. I'm like, no, you go to sleep now. I have an iPad, and I when I first got it, I set up Siri to have an Australian accent. <laughs> and I forgot this. <laughs> so, yeah, every every now and then, oh, it'll... Siri will come on and she'll say something and I was just like, oh my god, like what is <laughs> And I always forget to change it back, but anyways. And of course I'm I'm interested in eventually like um, my partner and I always talk about our next house. We're gonna make it a smart home. We're gonna mm-hmm. have like the locks and the lights and the what well, locks actually don't work in Canada. Really? Because they don't deal well with the cold. Oh. So if it's too cold out it freeze up and then you can't get into your house. And you're outside in the cold. <laughs> yeah, so, like, some of them do, but some of them, mm-hmm. like, you have to make sure they have a backup. I was listening to the Geeks and Beats pod- podcast, mm-hmm. and they're talking about, like, both, um, well, Michael Hamesworth, who used to be on the Business News Network, mm-hmm. he's a real big, like, smart home. His wife hates it, but his whole, whole house, but he was talking about, like, that is the one thing he can't do is the smart locks because they do not deal well with, like, Canadian cold. But do they have a manual override where you can stick a key into it? Some of them do, I guess. But not all. Not all. Well, I guess all of them do. And we were we were watching this show on Netflix. It's kind of like Modern Family. It's called Life in Pieces, and it's just about this family. And it's just like little short stories within one episode. Mm-hmm. And there was one where like he gets everything upgraded, and like his phone dies. He's in the house. She's outside. She doesn't have a key. Um, his phone dies, and he has to charge it, but he can't open the door. And I'm like, I don't understand. <laughs> Like why just turn the door yeah. up? <laughs> but I don't. I just says the girl who doesn't want to open apps on her phone. I know. <laughs> I know. It's like, sweetie, just wait. Yeah. I'm charging my phone. Five to ten minutes, it'll be fine. <laughs> Life is too hard. <laughs> um, so yeah, just sort of getting a smart home, getting all, getting as much of it as, as we can because it's. I mean, it's it's the novelty of it, mm-hmm. but it's also just it's fun to be like, hey, turn on my lights or make my lights purple for whatever reason mm-hmm. yeah 
Um, or apparently you can set it to say goodnight and then it'll turn off the lights, it'll lock the doors, it'll set your alarm. Like hmm. you, you make like a routine for it. Right. My concern, and um, this is where that bad habit of browsing Reddit as I'm going to bed, <laughs> as I'm in bed, about to fall asleep, is, uh, is when the AI uh, may not be beneficial to us and to society. And by this I mean technology which may be inherently uh, malicious, so either created mm -hmm. to be evil, um, or we're still the um, technology that may go rogue and turn on us. A favorite of all action movie directors at some point. <laughs> Um, so I'm uh, trying not to let my tinfoil hat show and listen to a conspiracy <laughs> theory episode, um, but there is something unsettling when uh, the machines we create act in ways that we did not program them to. Mm -hmm. So recently, one particular country took the unusual step of granting citizenship to a robot named Sophia. I'm not even going to touch on the inherent weirdness of a country with a pretty bad track record for basic human rights, mm -hmm. extending citizenship, which some humans aren't granted in that country, to a robot. And to a female robot of yeah, all exactly. genders. Um, yeah. So at a uh, press event, she was asked by, uh, I think, her like handler or <laughs> whatever, yeah. her guy that was with her, um, if she wanted to destroy humans. <laughs> So she kind of like paused for a second and goes, okay, I want to destroy humans. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty creepy. Um, now part of me wants to give her it, the benefit <laughs> of the doubt and say that she was just parroting back what um, she was being given as a command um, because she was programmed to be helpful and sort of not knowing the exact meaning of the question thought it out and calculated out that the correct response would be to agree with the person's request and yes, I do want to destroy humans. Yeah, she's definitely a woman just telling yes to a man just to make sure everything goes smoothly for her <laughs> at a work event. <laughs> <laughs> Smiling blankly. Awkwardly, yeah. Very Stafford Yeah. 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 The, the fact that she doesn't have like a skull bothers me. Mm -hmm. It's just a face. But anyways, um, and then you have the. Is it like I, I've, I haven't seen it, so obviously I'm oh, a little. Okay. Is it like um, library silence in the library? You know, in the Doctor Who episode, where those pods sort of have just a face and they're kind of flat like no. a spoon. No, no, it oh, looks like an actual like human face, yeah. but it's just there's nothing beyond here and it's, here. It's like if you had like if you're scalped, basically. Yeah, no hairline, no hairline. Everything from the hairline is gone. You I don't even think she guts. Like I don't know, she's like a neck or. Sophia. And then you have the anecdotes about smart home assistants quote-unquote disobeying their masters mm -hmm. and refusing to do what was asked of them and then laughing evilly. <laughs> so while stories themselves are uh, kind of creepy, most of us look at them as nothing more than humorous anecdotes about those you know, pesky robots. Mm -hmm. um, and then we don't think twice about our phone permissions or about syncing your whole house to your device so that you can start your shower while you're in bed and have it be the perfect temperature when you get in. Yeah, <laughs> you know, while you're um, while you're hopping in, you got your headlines, your morning traffic, <laughs> and your weather being read to you by your assistant. <laughs> she has crazy eyes. I'm sorry. <laughs> and finally found Sophia. Yeah. What is up with her eyes? Yeah, she's a robot, Andy. <laughs> I get that, but good lord. Yeah. Could make her look a little less inbred. <laughs> 1.0, like. <laughs> 
The next one will be hot enough for you, don't worry. <laughs> it can't be too hot for, you know, where they were showcasing her. True. <gasps> That's why she didn't have hair. <laughs> she would have been covered by a hijab otherwise. I get it now. It was just a weird choice at the time. I was like, I don't understand what it would cost <laughs> to go down to, like, the local wig shop and just pick something up. Let me think. Like, I'm show circle back to the wigs. Yes. Six million dollar machine would have been improved with a thirty dollar fix on that. <laughs> and okay. you just fell down a rabbit hole of her own. <laughs> we have a guest on next week's episode. Sorry. <laughs> I think it's so they could they can show the inner workings, right? Maybe like it's, yeah. It's, or it's easier to you know fix it. Yeah. Reminds me a little bit of clockwork. Mm-hmm. People from who? everything turns back to Doctor Who for me. But I don't much, you know. <laughs> Except it's not the front, it's the back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, then I stumbled upon Rocco's Basilisk, and I wish I never had. <laughs> I've never heard of this. You'll have to tell us what it is. So it originated in an online forum uh, by a user named Rocco, and it basically boils down to a technological version of Pascal's wager. Still nothing. Okay. Pascal's wager is the idea that we don't know if God exists or does not exist. Okay. Um, therefore, what are the outcomes of believing in him or not? So if he does exist and you believe in him, you'll go to heaven. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. If you don't believe in him and he does exist, then you go to hell. If he doesn't exist and you do believe, then you haven't really lost much. And same thing if you don't believe, well, it's, you know. Zero sum, whatever. Um, this is really simplified, and I'm probably not doing it much justice, but it's basically like, well, what's the harm in believing in God? Because if he's real, or if he does exist, great, you go to heaven. If he isn't real, well, whatever. Yeah. No big loss to you and to your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea behind Rockwood's Basilisk is that one day in the future, there will be a super intelligent computer who will punish and or enslave those who did not work on bringing it into existence. Damn. <laughs> Retroactively. What? And the fun Rocco thing... Rocco has way too much time on his hands. And really good weed. <laughs> now, the fun thing is, that once you know about this as a concept, you're now implicated. Thanks, Abby. And you will become one of the people rewarded or punished. You're welcome. Good lord. It's like the game, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, you know, dipped my toes into this pond and I kind of found myself drowning in this ocean. <laughs> because it gets a little more complex um, and another thought, ex- it's a thought experiment. So another one gets thrown into the mix and this is called Newcomb's Paradox. I'm not going to pretend I get thought experiments, so I'm Everything's very simplified. Um, if I get it wrong, sorry. But it basically is imagine two boxes, box A and box B. Box A has a thousand dollars in it. Okay. Box B has a million dollars in it or nothing. Okay. Your choice is to pick either both boxes or box B. Oh. Okay. If you choose only box B, you run the risk of getting zero dollars in total. Mm-hmm. If you pick both, then you are at least guaranteed a thousand dollars. So which do you choose? What's the downside of not taking both? Because everyone would just take both. Because there's no yeah. 
harm in it. The trick is the person who's offering you the two boxes has predicted what you will choose and therefore has already decided what to put into box B. So you get into this vicious cycle of, if I pick both boxes, I won't lose. So the other person thinks, well, you're thinking that way. Right. So therefore, I'm going to make it empty. So you're only going to get $1,000. Then you also think this, and then therefore, you'll only pick, pick box B, and then you end up with a million, and then it's like, well, they're thinking like this, and then right. it's this vicious cycle. Back to British TV, it's like the study of Scarlet, Sherlock Holmes with the cab driver and the pills. Got it. <laughs> Sorry, we have to bring it back to like some British television. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just back and forth, and it kind of highlights this issue of free will mm-hmm. versus predestination. Also, if there's ever a sentence with a W and a V next to it, I will invert them. <laughs> so that's why I stuttered over those words. <laughs> free will versus predestination. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a fun little glitch about me. Um, so how does this then relate back to the Rockwell's Basilisk? So in much the same way, you have two boxes, box A and box B. Box A is building it. Box B is eternal punishment or nothing. Okay. Same choices are available to you. If you pick both, you can't lose. Okay. Right? So it may not come to pass, but... If you picked both, then at least you can rest assured that you would not have been punished. Right? Okay. I'm taking both boxes. You're right. So, as someone who, like I said, doesn't really understand the inner workings of technology, (laughs) I want to go on the record as saying that I, for one, welcome our new robot (laughs) overlords. Oh, guys. Wise. Very wise. <laughs> I can't build it. I can't do anything about it. But if I'm given the choice, I would pick both. I welcome it. One year I bought um, one of those smart plugs for my Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. And it would, made a little, it would make a little click every time you turned it on. And there was nothing I loved more than turning it on and off because it freaked the fuck out of the cats really badly. Really? Because the sound and the light changing. Oh, right. Yeah. Yes. They were like, who's here? Like, they're terrified of everything to start off with. But then when they thought there was some, like, imaginary, unseeable person in the house, it just wound them up the wall. And I was like, yes, click, 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 click. I'm terrible. I love it. This is why they're going to eat your face. Sure. That and also I have a Google Home. And the first time I plugged it in and it started talking to me, Maggie started growling at it. (laughs) She was like, in front of it. She was like, bitch, what'd you say? Well, a lady that I used to work with, she was telling me how she went to her friend's house to pick up something and um she, her friend was like oh just come in and like get it and her friend had a google home or an echo or whatever mm-hmm. and um she's like i went to go pick up this thing off the table and it spoke to me and it was like hello deborah <laughs> whatever yeah i'm your assistant and she's just <laughs> <laughs> not her house she doesn't know how it knew her name. Maybe the phone pairing with it? That's what I thought, too. That's what I suggested to her, because she had a, a Samsung. Right. And I was like, maybe it's Android to Android. But, yeah, I was like, that's really weird, because she told her friend, and her friend's like, yeah, it doesn't, like, do that to us. Not, yeah, not normally. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do have a Nest thermostat now, because I had a new furnace put in, and that's pretty convenient. I'd be lying in bed and be like, I am so cold. Just click that up a couple notches. Oh, and nice. Nice and toasty. <laughs> um, my favorite part is because I got my new phone. I was 
but to set up your Google Assistant, you have to um, say the magic words to it a few times. <laughs> Try not to say it so it doesn't turn on. Um, a bunch of times for it to register the mm-hmm. inflections in your voice and everything, and I, I like loved it because I would I would go to Pat and be like, "Hey, you say this," and he'd be like, "You'd say it," and I wouldn't do it. And I'm like, "See, it knows my voice, and not yours." <laughs> I was so proud of this, and then um, I'd be like talking to it, getting it, asking it to do something, and then it would you'd do it, and then I'd be like, "Thank you," and then I'm like, "I'm literally thanking my phone." Googling something. But, like, I get insulted when Google Home doesn't say you're welcome back. Oh, it doesn't? But not the Google Home, at least. Mm. But, like, I'm like, come on, you knew this was being sold in Canada. The least you could have done was programmed it for over-politeness. <laughs> <laughs> Think it through. <laughs> so if you bump into it, it should say sorry. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you should both say it at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> but especially the device, because, like, it clearly should have been looking where it was going. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So I did uh, defunct social media platforms. Ooh. Yes. So for every Twitter and Facebook, there is a Vine or Ping. Today we're going to, <clears throat> you're going to listen to sick Andy <laughs> talk about failed social media platforms. Uh, sexy voice Andy. <laughs> sexy voice Andy. <laughs> there was a time when each of these platforms were all the rage. Well, some of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, they are now relegated to the history books. So why did they fail and why were they popular? Mm-hmm. So Ping, which was social music from Apple. So I don't think this was ever the rage. Mm-hmm. So Ping was a mix of iTunes and social network. Its purpose was to connect users based on similar interests in music. It was accessible on the iPhone and the iPod Touch. So this tells you how old it is. Yeah, was. Was, there it is. <laughs> Uh, so the Back platform, the day, kids, we had to carry a music device and our phone. I know. Uh, it was very uh, limited by only allowing someone to select three musical genres. So this gave very limited and not great recommendations. Also, the platform was just swampy with fake accounts and spam uh, as soon as they launched. So Apple launched this in 2010 and pulled the plug in shortly thereafter in 2012. Rare misstep for Apple. Yeah. Well, what you'll find here is these big companies like Apple and Google really don't do very well when mm-hmm. trying to create their own social media platforms. Yeah. So it's really surprising. So the next one is, well, Connect You, which everybody knows after if you've seen the Facebook movie, uh, mm-hmm. is the original social network that apparently they claim Mark Zuckerberg ripped off from them to create uh-huh. Facebook. Um, so ConnectU was a school-centered social network linking students together to help peers keep uh, in the loop on personal news. Uh, in the end, it never caught on, maybe because Facebook did it better. But don't fret. <laughs> the guys who created it laid lots of money off of lawsuits with Zuckerberg and Facebook, so they're doing... The Finkelboss twins? Yes, they're doing really well. Who, I mean, best part of that movie was two army hammers as far as I was concerned. <laughs> And I've never seen the social network. Oh. Really? This sounds like I'm really out of touch with I know. Until like 2009, Andy was living in a cave. Apparently. I also haven't watched it. It's because I hate Toast Timberlake, so. No, that's fair. (laughs) Fair. I don't need to watch a movie about Facebook. Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) No, I get it. (laughs) 
Uh, Google Plus. Yeah. <laughs> so, which is still sort of around, but I got some emails that they're pulling the plug this yes. April. So, <laughs> so it is going to be defunct. Uh, but no one uses it anyway. So uh, that's not true. One very famous person uses it. Who? It is the only social media account that he has. Daniel Radcliffe. Really? What? Yeah. He oh. had, like, a big Google Plus presence. It was the only one he would sink time into. <laughs> well, sadly for him. I don't know what he's going to do as of April now. <laughs> so, uh, most everybody has a Google Plus profile because it goes hand in hand with your Gmail or your other Google products. Uh, even with all these user profiles, almost no one, except Daniel Radcliffe, uses this clunky, uninspired interface for sharing messages. Messages, swapping images, or anything else, really. There's actually one other person that I know who's mentioned a Google Plus, which is Alan Cross. I don't know who that is. It's a music, um, he does podcasts, he does radio programs, he's a radio host. So him and Daniel are are just kicking it on the circles. (laughs) So, uh, So, yeah, nobody else uses it, even though they have, like, huge amounts of profiles just because everybody has Google. Uh, it has some sort of Google product. So uh, it is going to be defunct as of April. So again, so again, Google, Apple, mm-hmm. hit missing with social media. So Ello, E-L-L-O, the concept behind Ello was a basic clean social media sign in without ads or articles to clog up your feed. It also did not require a new name, a real name. Its only selling feature was what it didn't have, and it didn't have any new features or options, and it really failed to catch on, because apparently not less is more if you don't have anything new to offer. Well, also, there's nothing keeping the lights on if you can't monetize the shit out of it. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, MySpace. Yes. Which we, uh, most of us remember. It was the poster child for failed social networks. Uh, uh, I think Tom would take problems with that because he sold it. And made a shit oh, yeah. No, no, no. Not him personally. Okay. But <laughs> this was the first real social network. It was huge. Yes. Sold for a buttload of money and <laughs> failed rather spectacularly shortly after. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it was sort of the poster channel for companies online or offline that failed to adapt and remain relevant. Uh, MySpace was reigning queen with enough capital that it should have been able to innovate and fend off the rise of Facebook. However, it really didn't do anything to help itself along. Yeah. So it really failed to upgrade to make itself look less 80, like 90s. Well, it was just so aggressively HTML. Like, yeah. yeah. They just wouldn't get away from that. Remember spending like hours looking coding, for the perfect yeah, background, yeah, doing the perfect coding, and yeah. But then, like, as soon as you landed on a page like that, you're like, I can't read this through the 18 <sighs> colors and sparkles. Why is music playing? Yeah. How do you want to make it stop? <laughs> Whereas Facebook just went a very basic, Here's no customization. Yeah. Originally. Originally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it really grew obsolete thanks to a cluttered, cumbersome interface uh, and really lacked a mission in the end. So Vine. Yeah. What happened to them? So we'll tell about it. <laughs> well, let me tell you. <laughs> so it was a short form video hosting service where users could share six second long looping video clips. That was a mouthful. Mm. 
This was brought down by two things. The fact that Facebook launched a video option on both Facebook and Instagram, and of course, YouTube. The second fact is that talent, or the 16 top Vine quote-unquote stars, whatever his name, Paul Logan, that twat, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, went to Twitter, who owned Vine at the time, and asked for $1.6 million each uh, and some new features and some bug fixes for that amount each of their top 16 stars would provide 12 six-second videos a month and firstborn, I guess. Um, I guess that Twitter felt that they did not want to be owned by their talent. So after two years, they stopped uploading videos. And as we all know, Vine gave us that twad waddle, Logan Paul. I said, call him Paul Logan tonight. <laughs> I said, we know who you were talking about. I don't know what his actual name is. But we all know the twat while I'm yeah. talking about. Also, you so. say that word so beautifully. Yeah. That's the new fan. Twat <laughs> waddle. Because he is. So, yeah, they ended up basically being brought down because their talent held up a ransom. And then it was either do you pay out this and do this stuff for your talent and then they're going to come back to you and come back to you and come back to you. They wanted millions of dollars for literally, like, Two minutes of work. Yeah. Yeah. 1.6 <laughs> million dollars for 12 six-second videos a month. Yeah. What was weird for me with that is, like, it felt like Vine had just hit mainstream and they shuttered it. Like, if it's prevalent enough that I can pick it up, that means that it's gone mainstream because I don't have cable, I'm old and crotchety, I read more than I'm online. So the fact that I knew what Vine was and I was like oh, some of these vines are pretty funny. Like, damn, Daniel, like, I can get, I'm now understanding what kids say when they say do it for the vine. Like, I threw that in every now and then. And then all of a sudden it was like, bye. Like, what happened? Like, YouTube, like, (laughs) Facebook uh, uh, added video options and YouTube and, or, sorry, Instagram and Facebook, so that Mm -hmm. also killed it. And then when it's, like, 16 top stars, it's like, oh, to stay relevant and to Mm -hmm. keep us not going to YouTube... Uh, we want $1.6 million, and Twitter was like, I think we're doing okay without you. But yeah, unfortunately. We're just going to shut this down, and you guys can go away. It was weird. Like, I understand why they did it. Oh, yeah. It's to be held ransom, but it was a weird business decision. Yeah. Oh, it was definitely strange. Like, there's whole, like, dissertations <laughs> on what happened with mine, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. So here's some notable mentions. was EOS, which was a social network for the 50-plus group. <laughs> right out the gate you're like shoot yourself in the foot so it's facebook now basically yes I, yeah like you're gonna have to have your kids explain to you how to hit on people on this eos network like you know <laughs> uh makeout club which was launched which was launched in 1999 and became a place for indie kids to hook up with each other and launch and launch unfulfilling long-distance relationships <laughs> that's actually the description i found <laughs> But, like, again, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter now. Yeah. So, Yo, which got uh, $2.5 million in funding in 2014 for an app that only did one thing. It would send out push notifications of Yo to your friends. That's <laughs> all it did. I remember that. I think, like, Justin Bieber got, was, like, one of the faces of Yo. But it got $2.5 million in funding for an app that would send a notification to your friends that said, yo, that's all it did. 
It never did anything else. It never aspired to do anything else. And it seems angry about this fact. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, I would be angry too because <laughs> I want that kind of money. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I have better ideas than that. Yo. <laughs> either of you watched Silicon Valley? No. Like, it's a funny show, but what I found the most valuable in it is kind of the inside working of these apps and, like, Silicon Valley platform delivery and platform development. Mm -hmm. So besides all the funniness, it was just a real education on how that happens and how Yo gets developed and how it gets its money and how it gets it to the market. I highly recommend watching it for that reason alone, just to learn about it. (laughs) Well, it's just like you don't know what the next big thing is going to be because it's just the stupidest yeah. Doing shit on yeah. the face of the planet, yes. Yeah. Like or, apps came out, like it was a big thing to have like a faux lighter on your phone or fake drinking beer. It's like Yeah. Or just like everything becomes a meme now. Yeah. And it's just people like monetize memes and I find that that is ridiculous. Like that you've got these people, millennials, yeah, who are like taking it to the bank with stupid as shit. Well, I mean, we need to get in on that. I'm too old for the shit. Brainstorming session after the record. Yeah. <laughs> like they, um, so the the father from Abducted in Plain Sight. There's like this. Did you see the meme of him as a Funko Pop? No. no. The reliever. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think back to all the social media platforms that were like blinking. You missed it. There was like Purple Moon, which was geared towards girls, like preteen girls, Don't and it was that. like customizable and it had like the 90s like bright borderline neon colors and I remember being so heartbroken when they shuttered. I was like but why? I loved it. The internet's here for me, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it was like so naive. <laughs> what I still can't get over because I was a big Neopets oh boy. player mm-hmm. is it still is only launching its mobile app like this year sometime or something. I'm like really? You guys they could not get behind a mobile app before that? Well, what's the population size still using it? I don't know. I haven't used it. Chrissy Teigen mentioned it on her Twitter feed, so it probably exploded again. Mm-hmm. She was like, I logged in with my old login and everything was exactly how I left it. So I imagine a lot of activity happened after that with people <laughs> logging back in. Yeah, I have I don't, one of those, right? Like, mm, yeah. I don't. I think it's like... Uh, attached to my old Lycos account uh, (laughs) or my old Hotmail accounts which no longer either one of them exists like one of the jobs I've been doing recently is going through CDs and like making piles of men and women just so we can get a count of what the gendered breakdown is somebody is still using an active Hotmail account I had I was emailed by a student like a university student who was still using a Hotmail account I saw that my jaw dropped and I almost almost logged into my old account just to see what was still happening Mm, if if you haven't logged in in uh, I think they're they started scrubbing accounts so I hadn't logged into my like make it queen 79 (laughs) funky girl 69 with two N's (laughs) (laughs) account is so long it doesn't exist anymore guess not that's probably for the best. Yeah. After they closed the MSN Messenger, it was like, meh. Yeah, well, I don't that was this. the only reason I had yeah. it. Do you remember High Five? No. That was the one I had in, I think, high school. Late high school, early university. It was High Five. H-I-5. Hmm. It was, it was like a very, very basic, like, pre-Facebook type thing. It was just like, here's all your friends, and you can post some pictures and write some messages to each other mm. wasn't anything advanced right 
I remember uh, Facebook, like when, when we first joined Facebook, when it was you need exclusive. The, you need the university email to get in yeah. on. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. There's no MLM moms. <laughs> there was no, uh, none of that. <laughs> there's no articles. There's no fake news. Yeah. It was a pure time. You could actually like post like your class list. Yeah. And that was actually convenient because like you could find people in your yeah. class that you didn't have contact with previously yeah. and like get notes for and yeah. that makes or sense. Find out the cute boy's name. There you go. But do you are you not like sometimes brought up the memory like the memories will pop up and you're just like, I can't believe I posted that? Because I think we talked to each other. Yeah. 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 Like, I'm definitely um, embarrassed about my No no no. I mean yes. <laughs> Paris before my, I mean, yes. like myself ten years ago. Yes, but I also at one point was like ten years deep in my own Facebook account, <laughs> purging <laughs> shit. So you didn't get those memories. <laughs> Once they did that, and you could like go back in time, because eventually it was like, or originally it was like, you have your your wall and yeah. you got page, and then if you have more posts and you've got two pages and you'd have to go through and then once they brought out timeline um it was like okay you could like go back in time and then i, I literally went from like 2006 i was like all right september 2006 burn it to the ground <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> even now i'll get like memories and i'll be like oh that's not that. a good look for me <laughs> yeah where thanks, thanks everybody. You wanted to know that I was home from work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I look at those and I'm just like, <laughs> five more days until Christmas break. Yeah. Going to the movies, anyone want to come with me? I'm like, how sad were you? Like, <laughs> quit begging for friends. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> yeah, but now I do it more quietly with text. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was that new social media that was like, uh, like, can you miss it? It was like Yelp, but for people. Remember that a couple of years ago? Oh, I don't. Where you could go online and give ratings for people. Oh my god, that sounds like a terrible idea. But the woman who like that sounds like Black Mirror. Oh yeah, literally. If, yeah, but the woman who like set up the site was like, no, people are inherently good. It's for you to share positive messaging and feedback and positive criticism with people. And everyone's like, been outside of yeah, her house. Everyone roasted her to the ground, and they're like, "And this is what would happen on your website." <laughs> it's not. You're not talking about like Angie's reviews or whatever like that. Uh, I don't remember. Because there was like a, a paid website that's kind of like um, I thought it was like basically like Yelp, but it's right. paid, and you get like real reviews because it's like these people are taking the time and money to sign mm-hmm. up for this website to do reviews of businesses I, so it's more that might be it because i think she put it behind a paywall or she put some sort of conditions on it afterwards but originally it was supposed to be an open thing like okay. facebook oh where you just go in and leave like reviews about people oh, okay. i remember seeing commercials for it and i was like it's i think there's like a couple of types of it in, yeah there's one that's like all home renovation yeah so if like you're like is, oh yeah no yeah. this is different this is okay yes okay because I was thinking about that, and I was like, oh, this website seems cool. Like, you can get, like, real reviews. But then I was like, oh, I don't want to pay just to look at people's reviews for yeah. fun. I do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Yelp's for. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it was just, so, like, if I wanted to tell Andy that she should wear extra deodorant, but I don't want Andy to know that it's me that told her, I would just, uh, that's not true, but I'm just, as an example, I would go on and I would leave Or if you want to find whoever, like, douse themselves an axe oh, in your hallway and be yeah. like, yeah. Dude. Yeah. It's like 2013. Yeah. 
Less is more. Less is more. So. Well, that is our episode for this week. <laughs> Allie, do you want to tell the people where they can find you? Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I don't have Twitter. Uh, wise. I, I had it, and I didn't really understand the concept. I didn't have anything interesting to tweet. Um, uh, Nazis yelling hate and people yelling at Nazis for being hateful. I mean, I can do that on Facebook Fair. and Instagram. <laughs> I have an Instagram that's mostly selfies and pictures of my dog. So And uh, plant tips. Yes. <laughs> yes, that, that is my thing. I like house plants, and I pretend to have really great tips on how to make them grow better. Sometimes my plants die, and I, I don't post those. So All of my plants die. Every time. <laughs> you have a nice ivy on your window, though. Yes. I've been trying very hard to keep that one alive. Okay. It's been rough. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So what's your Instagram handle? Uh, it's... I have to spell it. It's, Go it's, for it. It's Aliushka, but it's <laughs> A-double-L-I-U-S-H-double-K-A. There we go. Yeah. That's the quiz part of the show. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, just pictures of my dog, pictures of my trips. Every now and then I'll post a really weird selfie. You solicit advice for clearing out your closet? Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I, I will have regular polls on the stories <laughs> for uh, whether or not I should keep a particular blazer I bought at H&M 10 years ago. <laughs> haven't worn it more than three times, but I can't. Does it bring you joy? Does it bring you joy? I threw out three giant bags of clothes. Well, not threw out, donated. Um, I didn't even watch that, but I just, everyone was talking about it, and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go clean. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you're looking for us, you can find us on our website at www.rabbitholespodcast.com, or you can email us at rabbitholespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, while you're on our website, check out the merch tab so you can get links to our store to pick up some of our lovely merch that you can rep us out in the big bad world by wearing. You can also find our uh, Patreon information off our website under the support tab. We have some great things up on the Patreon for our patrons. Starting at the Velveteen tier and above, you get access to the not-so-secret-secret secret part of the website, so that's definitely worth it. And from our website, you also get to our social media, which I'm going to hand over to Andy to see if she's got it this time. <laughs> so you can uh, find us on Twitter at RabbitHolesPod. You can Find us on Instagram at Rabbit Holes Podcast and Facebook on Rabbit Holes Podcast page. If you like what we do and we give you orgasms, as we discovered was a term last week, mm-hmm. uh, you can give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher, but not Google Play. Mm-hmm. And we will eventually get on Spotify, people, I hope. I was talking to Spotify last night on Twitter, and I am hopeful. Woohoo! You need to do that for me because that's literally the only way I get podcasts. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. Getting, you getting your podcast is actually uh, a pain in the butt. Well, no. It's just a, I have to go to your website and I have to find the episode and I have to click on the right episode. And sure. If I haven't listened to a bunch of them and then I listen to like episode 17 and then it'll take me directly to the newest one once I finish it instead of the next one. Mm-hmm. SoundCloud. Yeah. And you can find us on SoundCloud. Yes. SoundCloud hosts our website, or our show. Yes. Sorry, SoundCloud. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. Uh, there's only one last thing to do, and that's to remind you that if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.
TLC back in the day used to be a great yeah. network. Now it's just trash. Well, it used to be learning, and now it's yeah. touches little children. Yes. <laughs> you can't go a year without like some sort of molestation scandal coming off of one of those shows. I mean, it's no I, longer the learning channel. It's the touch little children shows. Okay, I didn't know this. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> we broke her. We only have... <laughs> I only watch Netflix, really, and then, like, we'll watch some shows together, like Survivor and and stuff. Um, <laughs> but there's the My Big Fat Gypsy Wedding. Yeah. yeah. It's, Dance. like, that and Toddlers and Tiaras are, like, my favorite shows. And yeah. just the amount of work that goes into those dresses, and I'm just like, she's not going to pull that off. And then she does, and I'm like... Chandra or whatever yeah, yeah Chandra Chandra Chelly yeah. you are a master there's a lot of full episodes on YouTube of that show and of the British version too mm-hmm. the British version is pretty good speaking of which you like fucked up British shows have you been watching um, my botched up body yes oh my god there's two versions there's that one and then there's another one embarrassing bodies no no oh. it's a different um, there's botched up bodies and then there's another like Plastic Surgery Nightmares or something like that. It's also British. <gasps> but yes. Okay. So, <laughs> I have to tell you this. We, um, we were recently painting our house and, like, swapping furniture and stuff. So, we originally had in our house, uh, everything's open concept, and we had our TV in front of our window. Mm-hmm. So, the backdrop for the TV was the window. And we ended up swapping because our new couch was going to be bigger and it wouldn't fit where the old couch was. So, now... I'm sitting on the couch, mm-hmm. the window's behind me, mm-hmm. and the TV's there. Okay. So, I was watching this show. First episode is the lady with the labioplasty. Oh, you mean... <laughs> wait, wait, yeah, wait. You mean the picture I took and sent to Andy because I was super high? <laughs> she was warned me. Like, you want to see this? <laughs> no. You can see down her vaginal canal. <laughs> but the best part is, and I'm pretty sure um, it was either a weekend or a halt, like a, a day I was off work or I was home from, like working from home and it was like my lunch break. And I was like, yeah. I'm going to go do this. Got my blinds open behind me. And I'm like, any of my neighbors walking by now see the four foot tall vagina <laughs> on my TV. <laughs> yeah. And not a nice looking one. At no, because it's oh, so shaky. No, because that's why it's on the show. <laughs> and. Try getting a picture of that on your phone at like nine o'clock. You're, you're done putting your kid to bed and you're like, what did Elise send me? What did Elise send me? And then the next morning I was like, <laughs> a little asterisk, it's not mine. <laughs> the next morning I was at breakfast and I was posting a picture of my food and I saw something weird in my photo roll. I was like, what is that? Oh my God. <laughs> like really upset myself out in public. So I texted Andy. I'm like, I am so sorry. <laughs> It was just a really good bowl. Yeah, like that. Was, oh, you still have it? Yeah, oh, I deleted the fuck out of it. No, put it away. <laughs> I was like, Andy, this probably aired at like eight eight or eight p.m. on like British like basic cable. <laughs> and then it was like all the boobs, and I was like, hey, like I want to close them. No. My blinds weren't even open. We didn't have blinds up. <laughs> we had to take worse. them down because we were painting. Yeah. So that's why you would also like embarrassing bodies. It's actually on my list. It's um, in the same vein of like, we're just going to show you this and we don't give a fuck. And inevitably once per episode, some guy put his dick somewhere it shouldn't have been. 
and now it's like green or scaly. Oh boy. And they're like flat out showing it with like no censoring of any kind. Whereas like the American one, like the nipples I are know. censored. Yeah. And it's like, yes, I know what's there. It's like, let's show you this botched boob job. Her nipples are totally like pointing asymmetrical. And it's like, well, I can't see anything because you got a black bar across yeah. it. Well, the mo- no, the most fucked up thing though is like one woman had to have nipples tattooed on. Yeah. Then they blurred the tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've seen something. Oh, like I've that. seen that one. <laughs> I was like, really? Yeah. Because they're like, look at this amazing job. I can't see that. It's <laughs> fucking tattoos. If I can see Adam Levine's god awful California tattoo. Yeah. And his nipples. And yes. his nipples and his hideous shark tattoo or whatever. Just for Janet, but yes. <laughs> Never forget. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> Justin Timberlake. Uh, yeah, I should be able to see some tattooed nipples on a botched boob job. Like, yeah. Really. Yeah, I think she had like a natural thing, wasn't it? Was her botch like the tattoo nipples? Oh, she had had um, reconstruction. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to go too deep into it because spoiler: next week's episode, my story is about plastic surgery. Okay, but I wrote it back in January, so I have to refresh my mind on it. And darn, I'm gonna have to watch a lot of this botched up body stuff. (laughs) Just don't do it high and send me pictures of women's vaginas. Unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, that was. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you have to see this. Yeah. <laughs> I was like out with my in-laws the next night. I'm like, what is she going to send me tonight? I was like, so if I get some weird pictures, it's because my best friend is very high. And occasionally, yeah. and occasionally likes to send me some random either like old-timey <laughs> porn with a lady foul on her head. Still don't know where that came from. <laughs> it's not in my Google search. Wasn't on my like phone anywhere. <laughs> I don't know. Sent in your picture roll, camera roll and the photos you sent to me. Yeah, but like it wasn't there when I went back the next day to figure out like try to like MacGyver or not MacGyver but like Magnum PI the whole thing together to figure out what I was doing. No. It just <laughs> magically appeared. <laughs> I I don't know. I cannot help you sometimes. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> So I'm like, I don't know what I'll get tonight. I might get just apparently I'll make cats of pictures of cats or I might get cat, pictures of pussy. Like, guys. <laughs> that's just the joy and the benefit just of being my both friend. ends of the spectrum and everything in between. Exactly. Yeah. I'm delightful. What can I say? 